Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the April issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Protein Supplementation in Corn Silage-Based Diets, a review. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Aaron Labry, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. Aaron, this article is a review of a 2022 Nebraska beef cattle report that looked at the impact in particular of utilizing urea and corn silage-based diet, specifically thinking about growing cattle. In this article, you highlight the importance of understanding protein requirements of cattle and the different types of protein that may be needed. Share with us some things that producers should think about as they think about protein supplement, in particular, thinking about that with corn silage and how class of cattle may determine the type of protein you want to use. Certainly, Aaron. And I think this is a really important topic now when we think about our current feed prices and just with dry conditions as producers may be looking at alternative feed stuff. It's really important to understand those differences in protein content, but also protein degradability of those feeds to try and find the feed that's going to most effectively meet cattle nutrient requirements. Now, when we think about protein type, crude protein is probably the term most people are most familiar with, and that value is very important. Um, It essentially tells us that it's an estimate of the protein based on nitrogen content, but then we can further break that down um, into two categories on a percentage basis, and those two forms are what we refer to as rumen-degradable protein and rumen-undegradable protein. And so rumen-degradable protein, or RDP, is degraded in the rumen, and it's utilized by those rumen microbes to essentially make their own protein. Now, it's also important to keep in mind those microbes must have a source of readily fermentable energy in order for them to utilize that nitrogen or that RDP. And they use this for microbial growth and and function. Now, our UP, or rumen undegradable protein, that's the protein that is going to escape the rumen degradation, and it's going to be digested in the small intestine. A lot of times we might uh, hear this referred to as escape protein or bypass protein, but that's essentially the RUP. And so when we think about some different feed stuffs that would be good sources of these types of protein, um, soybean meal, alfalfa, and urea, like that's used in this research, are all good sources of RDP. Whereas distiller's grains or corn gluten meal would be some good sources of RUP. Now, when the microbes in the rumen complete their life cycle, or essentially die off, they're going to pass on to the lower digestive tract, and they're going to be used by the animal for microbial crude protein. So this true protein that's absorbed in the small intestine, whether that's as microbial crude protein or as that RUP, that's what we refer to as metabolizable protein. And so it's really important that we're meeting these metabolizable protein requirements based on the cattle's stage of production. So for example, you know, young cattle that are growing are going to have higher metabolizable protein requirements than maybe mature or slower growing cattle. As we think about using different types of protein, you mentioned urea there and 
So urea is actually a nitrogen source, and that has a specific application in terms of where we would consider using that. Uh, share a little more about if you're going to be using a urea-based protein supplement, where's that appropriate and where would we not want to use that? So a lot of it's going to come down to, well, like I mentioned, stage of production of those cattle, um, but also that base diet you're feeding. And so we really got to evaluate the protein composition of the base diet. And from there, we can determine whether or not a source of RUP or RDP would be um, most valuable. And like you said, Aaron, urea is essentially a source of nitrogen or R. RDP. So something like corn silage that has a readily available energy source that's pretty high in energy, the rumen microbes can use that quite effectively, the uh, quickly available uh, nitrogen that would be available from urea. In a forage-based diet, we're uh, all natural type protein that uh, the rumen microbes break down over time actually uh, can be more effective as well just because uh, the, the digestion that occurs is more slow than it would be in a feedlot diet. So, you know, thinking about what you said, also just the metabolizable crude protein requirement. Uh, if we're thinking about growing calves on corn silage, they would benefit from a supplement such as distiller's grains that has uh, quite a bit of rumen undegradable protein. If we're thinking about calves on a corn stalks and we're wanting to get uh, some, say, two pounds of gain, uh, they're going to need both energy and protein. And the protein and distiller's grains is high in rumen undegradable protein, which really benefits their growth as well. So just helping, I think, producers think through what's the, what's the protein that I need, and then also what's the energy source and how quickly or readily available is that energy. Beef feedlot diets often include some urea because they've got a quickly available energy source to take that nitrogen and the rumen microbes can then use it. If we're thinking about that on a forage-based diet, especially low-quality forage, we might include just a little bit of urea, but we really do need an all-natural type protein to match the slow digestion that occurs, especially of low-quality forage. So I think it's really important, just as you talked about in your article, that corn silage, in particular, you think about corn silage, it's 50% grain, usually 45% grain. So we have a readily available starch source that the rumen microbes can quickly use to take that nitrogen from the urea and, and basically reproduce themselves. Exactly. And I think that's really what's interesting about this research, too, is, uh, you know, when we think about corn silage, there is quite a very, bit of variability in that feedstuff in terms of, like you said, that it is an intermediate source of fermentable energy and protein. And then we've, we've got the fact that it's about half forage, half grain. And so I think just the variability in that feedstuff can cause sometimes over or under feeding of supplemental proteins. So just being aware of that. Um, and, and another interesting thing in, in the study I talk about in my article, um, they looked at the impact of ensiling time on RUP content of corn silage. And it, they determined that the RUP content decreased over time from about 32% of the crude protein value at harvest time to 17% of after 160 days of ensiling with the biggest reduction in that occurring within those first 32 days. And so I think just being aware um, of, the, of those differences as the corn silage spends more time 
being in style to for those that already have corn silage on hand um, and just encouraging producers to get those feedstuffs tested so they know where they're sitting. Anything else on this topic that you think would be valuable to know and understand? Um, I guess I would just uh, follow up with if, if you are looking to get your feedstuffs tested, um, most extension offices do have feed sample bags available for those local feed analysis laboratories um, and even hay probes on that side of things. So I just certainly encourage you to reach out to your local beef extension educator for those resources or any help with ration formulation as well. Along with that, I would mention at the beef.unl.edu website, we have a number of resources related to sampling of forages, things that, you know, taking bale core samples, if you're thinking about uh, hay, or if you're going to be sampling the face of a silage pile, uh, there's some good instructions there. So if this is something that's new to you, would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, quite a bit of good information, some videos, as well as NEB guides on how to sample feeds and, and do that appropriately so that you make sure you get an accurate representation of what you actually have. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Erin. Yes, thanks for having me. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article that was discussed today, Protein Supplementation in Corn Silage-Based Diets, a review.